Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, here with my co-host, Laurel Boyven. Thank you for joining us as we dive into how doing your inner work or the beautiful work is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. Our hope is to inspire you to explore who you are, who you want to become, and what you want to do with this one precious life. Because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Welcome back to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. We're so glad you're here with us. I was thinking about um, how we were going to keep the vibe going of just sitting around the table with a nice cup of tea or coffee and having a beautiful chat together. So today, I don't know about you, I don't know if you brought a drink with you, but I am drinking, I'm sipping some hot water with ginger and lemon on my, it's an unusual time for me to be doing that, but I am. Hi, Laurel. How about you? Do you have it? Are you sipping a drink over there today? Are you sipping a coffee I, or a tea? <laughs> I am not, but I wish I was. I wish I wish I was at your table. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I do like to do that every once in a while. Some fresh ginger and lemon, and oh, it's just so good. It clears the throat up too. It's good. Mm. Oh, today we have a great episode, and we're doing another um, three today. Last time we did the three worst habits, mindset habits, and we had a really fun time on that show. So today we're going to keep the vibe going and we're going to have some fun. And we're going to talk about the three big blocks, three of the big blocks to your beautiful work and your beautiful life. Laurel and I were talking about this topic, friends out there, as you're, you're, we'll let you into our, our background you know, activity a little bit here, but we were talking about it and we thought, this is kind of hard because there are a lot of blocks really to, you know, your beautiful work, your beautiful life. And we just picked the top three that came into us. So I'm sure there's a lot more we could say on this topic. And, um, but we really want to help you not only identify them, but then how to work with them. So we, you know, need to have some time to do that. So we're picking three. Yes. Oh, Laurel, here we go. Should we dive right into the first one? Please, yes, let's do it. Okay, the first one is, I love this one for so many reasons. And the, the word, I'll, I'm just going to use the one word we picked, which is denial. And denial, I feel like my, my, fir- my first lesson when I was in counseling psychology classes on denial was such an aha moment because... I'm going to offer it up to everybody else. Maybe you'll have an aha moment too, like I did. Um, but it was, my professor was talking about how the brain is actually wired to deny something that happens that could overwhelm you and literally take you out. And so it's a protection mechanism in the you know, the human body is built for survival in so many ways, right? And so I loved this thought because I was like, wow, we always think of denial as, oh, you're, you know, you're just living off in your own little world kind of thing. But denial is a real thing in the, in the psychology of our humanity to help keep us safe. Yes, I love that. That explains so much. Uh, you know, when you think about maybe, you know, how much we experience and even what we experience when we're young, maybe sometimes it's too much. And that's yes. why we deny. And, and you know, I think 
the word denial comes up a lot in um um what's the word i'm looking for like intention intentional deceitful right Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. intentional deceit and i don't think that that's what we're talking about at all i think it's the denial of maybe it's how we see things differently or how we see things as they're not factual maybe yeah right right and the other place that comes up for me having had um training and done uh work with people struggling with addictions is it comes up a lot there because in order to you know keep using or keep over it you know coming to excess with alcohol and other um, substances you have to uh, start to deny a lot of the things, a lot of the troubling things that it's actually making happen in your life. You're just so focused on getting the feeling rather than, you know, the destruction it might be to your work, to your relationships, to your health, right? All these things. And in order to keep going, you actually do deny them because, you know, otherwise you could talk yourself out of doing something. So it's really, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting topic. And I feel like for, for many of us, right. Those of you who are listening to us and, and our friends out there, you know, what you want to be on the lookout for is the way that it's showing up for you, maybe as a minimizing, right. As a looking away from the things that are uncomfortable, the things that, would be too much trouble to to start to really look at closely uh, the ways that you might be saying, oh, that's not really a problem, but then it keeps showing up and keeps showing up and keeps bothering you, right? Like that's what we're talking about, I think, mostly today, Laurel, don't you? Yes, we're I do. This one. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, you um, one of two things came up for me. Um, those things that cause overwhelm, and I'll, you know, it could be, and I can, I'll give this. You know, retail therapy, right? Retail therapy um, may be a feeling that you are looking to achieve, right? It feels good to be shopping or spending or buying. And the denial piece might be that you're spending too much money, but but you're telling yourself that it's okay for whatever reason, right? Yep, that's great. you know, another area, and this one I'm going to speak into on my own, like I have a 2400 square foot basement in my house. We've been in our house 18 years. It's a big basement. (laughs) We live on a one level house, a ranch style house. The basement, we've been here 18 years. That basement is full. It is Mm. overwhelming for me. Uh, my sense of denial that it's not a problem <laughs> is off the charts. <laughs> you know? Well, well, yes and no. <laughs> well, okay. But yeah. this is the denial helps me not get overwhelmed when exactly. I am yeah. choosing to look at it like it's really not as big of a problem as I perceive, right? Mm. That, that's my own sense of denial to just manage my emotion tied to that project that is yeah. overwhelming. Yes, exactly. That's great. That's great. So as we begin to work with denial, I mean, I feel like you've just carved open the pathway, right, to uh, how do we work with denial and, and the example that you used. So you can pick any example in your life. Laurel just gave us a great concrete one and you can 
you know, it can be a great metaphor for anything, anything that, you know, you might be struggling with. And it could be what you're looking at internally. It could be what you're looking at externally, either way, right? But the pathway out is just what Laurel was indicating, which was, it is a huge project that if I thought about it all the time, would literally, I feel defeated. And so what you need is a plan, (laughs) right? You need a plan and you need to know that you can create, begin to create time in your calendar to actually address the overwhelming project that is for you, your basement, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important that no matter what it is that we are choosing to avoid or deny, right? Yeah. You know, just look at it as a way of how can you manage that in a healthier way? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I, I was going to say, I'm going to offer another example because I feel like um, the example that's coming into me, I feel like I'm like, the, the little the little angels around <laughs> me are saying, you need to mention this thing, okay? So I'm going to just talk about when I was when I was really unhappy in my first marriage and I denied it. I didn't deny it for a long time, but I had no idea how to address it. And so at some level, I denied it, right? I denied looking at it closely. I denied talking about it with other people. I denied, uh, I was acknowledging it to myself, but then I was just making myself suffer and not doing anything. So, you know, for me, the beginning was, okay, I'm just going to start to talk about with my husband, the reality of how I'm not happy and begin to open that pathway up. And, and so it was rather than like having a whole plan of how I was going to address it because that I didn't know, but I knew that I had to, and I knew I had to take a first step. And so that was the first step. And then I realized, okay, now, now I need to take another step. What is the next step going to be? Right. And so I started to do that one step at a time, which which helped me feel like it was, I was doing it and allowing whatever the response was going to be from somebody else. Cause this is hard. If you're doing it in a relationship or in a marriage, in a partnership, right? Like this is big stuff. If you really want to change or you're not happy to, to start to address that with somebody who, who might be going along thinking everything's fine. It's a big deal. It really if, is. Yeah. And they're going to have feelings and they're going to want to talk and they're going to say things that might make you think things that you hadn't been thinking before. So one step at a time for me was really yeah. how I did it. Yeah. And I yeah. love that example because it, it, what was coming for me was, you know, self-denial, right? Where we deny yeah. ourselves something that we know we want or need because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know. it's hard I- work. It's, it is hard work. And, and yet it's so worth it because, you know, I feel like as you go back, right, as you go through this work and you start to address all of these things and your life starts to change and get better, that's why we do it. That's why we're willing to put the denial aside and say, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to address this. How do I begin? Let's get going. And um, yeah, so Laura, let's get something on your calendar for starting on your uh, garage, your your basement project. My basement. Okay, <laughs> pack, pack your bags. It's going to be a basement cleaning party. <laughs> You're right, invited. That's right. I'm invited. Ooh, lucky me. Okay. All right, Laura, we could talk for a really long time on denial, but we are going to move on. Okay. So let's go to the next one. Do you remember the next one? We both we both suffer from this one and have. Uh, uh, healed yes. ourselves somewhat but it's always a work in progress isn't it it's a, it is a work in project progress yes. um perfectionism oh, I know. you know perfection 
perfectionism is something that is a block for me. Yeah. It, it's something I would never claim I've healed myself. It is a <laughs> daily, it's a daily, weekly, mm-hmm. constant awareness of where my perfectionism shows up. What about you? Yeah. I would say um, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a good job. Like I've come a long way, a really long way in that. I don't feel um, like it gets me anymore. And when I notice that I'm in that cycle of perfectionism, I'm, I'm able to like uh, watch myself a little bit and say, hmm, what's really going on here? And are you feeling out of control? Why are you trying to control this thing to the perfect nth degree? And, and then how, you know, and start to just at work with myself around that and be a little more lenient around um, not having to have a perfect outcome or a perfect product or show up perfectly. Yeah, shall we say? Yeah. The P word. Yeah. The P word. <laughs> it's a, it is a hard one. You know, I think mm-hmm. um, I, I bring mine all the way back to approval, right? Mm-hmm. And pleasing yes, other people, too. right? Yep. Um, you know, producing things, work, being in a way that other people are happy with. And mm-hmm. so, that's, you know, for me, now it's, I've, I'm so aware of that piece of it. Yeah. And, and trying to break maybe or sever the, the um, expectations of myself, because I now carry those things where it's not other people, it's my own standards. You know, for a while, when I was working in corporate, I used to say, I, I don't hold anyone to standards different than I hold myself to. And I thought, now I know, well, that was the problem. <laughs> She's a pain in the neck. <laughs> Our standards are outrageous. <laughs> they are outrageous. They were outrageous, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I'm looking for at this phase in my life, like ways to show up, you know, imperfectly, right? Where can I play? Where can I, um, recently, as you know, Laurel, I did a, a painting night and I did a post mm-hmm. about that. You know, I decided in the last couple of days that painting and being messy on canvas, it might be, or on some other platform, I don't know what it's going to be, but, you know, being able to just be messy might be something I really need. Mm, yes. What about yes. you? Yeah, I feel like, um, uh, for you know, when I think back on my journey with perfectionism, I do think it really started a lot with people pleasing. And now, uh, like you, you know, it really has been uh, recognizing the high standards that I hold. And, uh, and so much of my uh, remedial work in that area was came from literally from mapping out from from doing my own beautiful work and then getting to the point where I started to um, share my beautiful work. And one of the ways I did that was through my first book, Courageous Woman, Live Your Inner Power. And in Live Your Inner Power, that that the wheel that I created, the Your Inner Power wheel, the second practice of my of those eight practices is practicing acceptance. And so I spent a long time reflecting on um, you know, the idea of how transformative and incredibly transformative is self-acceptance, right? And and not only self-acceptance, but looking around us and saying, the world is what it is. This is what it is. And it's not that I'm not going to work to change it or grow or help evolve it, 
but I accept that it's in this imperfect condition and I allow it all in, in here in my space and I'll hold it all just as it is. And that practice is so much about, you know, releasing judgment, releasing denial, releasing resistance to what is. And so I feel like, you know, that, that I steeped myself in that journey for, for so many years as I was putting out the living room of power books and, the, and my, and my classes and all that stuff. And, and so I say today, you know, I think one of the, here's the lens I look through, um, for, uh, you know, where I am with perfectionism is it's always a work in progress, but I'm, I'm actually okay with my high standards. Like for a while, I kind of wanted to like get rid of my high standards. Like what's with the high standards? Why do you know, why do you have everything look beautiful? And why, why do you, you know, want everybody to like do their inner work or whatever? You know, it's like, I don't know. I I just want the world to be harmonious and beautiful. Uh, And I don't, Mm. I'm not ashamed of that anymore. I'm kind of like, Hey, look, this is, this is what I think would be lovely for, for the world, you know, and for all of us. And yet, I'm not holding everybody to those standards. I'm just like, I like mine. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Yeah, yeah. So as we work with this one, um, any other tips, Laurel, as as we work with perfectionism and help our listeners in their transformational work around perfectionism? You know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that the acceptance of what is, right, is so important. And, you know, and looking at, all those pieces of, you know, maybe the perfectionism, those things that really are necessary for you to hold to a higher standard, right? Like I might want to be, I mean, we talked about this in the four agreements, impeccable with my word. Well, impeccable is pretty damn close to perfection, right? Like, like, right. And so where is it that it's important? And then where can you let go? Where can you let the imperfect in? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought up that word and how it's close to perfectionist because I love in that book of the four agreements, he he uses the the um definition of it as without sin. Right. And so that's so if we could think of perfectionism that way, right? Ooh. Just being like, yeah, not sinning against ourselves, not yeah, like and I think that ties us back to just seeing, looking around and going, this is what it is. And, yeah. you know, what can we do with this now? Yeah, that's good. Oh, okay. That's good. All right. Number third three. One. You're up. No, you I'm go. Up. Okay. <sighs> expectations is the word. Mm. Loaded expectations, high yes. expectations, unreasonable expectations, others' expectations, all the expectations, right? And even yeah. no expectations. No expectations. Wow. Some, sometimes that's a problem. I know. Sometimes is. having no expectations actually is a block. God, it is such a block. It is. Oh, all right. We're done. No, I'm only kidding. But still, I was like, wow, that's such a revelation. You know, I was like going the other way. And then when you take it to the other extreme, it's still just as, you know, um, detrimental. You know, maybe us, that's right? maybe that's where the blocks are in all that we've talked about. Mm. Like one extreme or the other in any of them yeah. is not where you know not where the magic happens. Yeah. Ooh. 
that could be a quote. That's good. We have to work on that one. Okay. okay but, I love that. Yeah. But I do think that, um, uh, yeah. And how do we work with expectations? So, so especially others' expectations, I think, uh, you know, we want it. It's kind of like the per- perfectionist, and, uh, perfectionist and the high, high standard stuff and the people pleasing, right? It might have started outside you, other people's expectations. But as you grow into adulthood, right? If you're still holding other people's expectations, why is it now other people's? Is it really yours now? Have you adopted that as your own expectation to be able to to look at that? And if it is other people's, uh, do you have the 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 courage to face, you know, standing up to maybe the conflict of addressing? Well, that's not really what I'm looking for in my life, right? That might be your expectation of what you want in the relationship or in life or in, in, in a life experience, but mine's different. Yeah. You know, Mm. what's coming up really strong for me as you were talking about that is how we use expectations, whether it's other people's or our own or, or having no expectations, whichever, wherever we grasp onto expectations, when we, when we use it to keep us safe or keep us stuck, Right. And so, so think of the example of other people's expectations. You know, you may not be living up to, to your full, your fullness Mm -hmm. because other people's expectations are too high. So you just might give up, right. A coping mechanism there, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or set expectations of yourself so high that you're never satisfied with what is what you've accomplished right Right? and then you know and then the low expectations are none you know is that really because sometimes it's easier I mean I did go through a period in my life where it was easier to have no expectations than to be disappointed yes exactly I do that's a perfect that's a perfect way to put it right because if we have no expectations we won't be disappointed that's right and and so all of those are somewhat you know, when I think about blocks to our beautiful work, really get in the way of being who we're meant to be and enjoying the presence that we, you know, the present. Yeah, right, right. So beautiful. Yeah. So um, more on the transformation or working with expectations, anything else coming up for you, Laurel, as we kind of wrap up today here with the show? No. Um, I think that, I think it's really important to decipher um, where did those expectations, why do I hold those expectations? Are they mine or someone else's? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think if they are someone else's, you know, being able to, uh, you know, uh, get some support around maybe being able to address the conflict that might be involved with addressing some of those expectations, because I know, you know, if you have a longstanding relationship, especially if a parent is aging or they're at a place in their life and they have these expectations, they've always had them. And you finally, you know, have come into adulthood and you're like, no, these are your expectations. These are not mine. Right. But you haven't been able to address it well in a way that you want to, like getting some some little coaching or help, you know, around that. That topic is really worthwhile if you feel like yeah. you don't have the courage yet to address it, because, there are ways to do it, I think, and and not necessarily have the relationship end over it. You know, I, I think that that's that's uh, it's up to us to to at least give it a try. You might want to go back to you know when I was talking about that other 
my other example, like one step at a time, you know, yes. what might be the first step in addressing the conflict and, yeah. uh, and then see what happens and then take it to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Good. Well, Laurel. Another mm, episode. Another episode and the books for us and out to our beautiful listeners out there doing their beautiful work. We love you all. We, um, and I'm going to just do a cheers. Cheers to your beautiful work and addressing any blocks because we know it can be hard. And um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, bring your tea, bring your coffee. We will be back for more. Will we, Laura? Yes, looking forward to it. Me too. See you next See time. You. Bye. Bye for now. We're glad you're with us on this journey. If you're ready to dive deeper into the beautiful work, join us in our private Facebook group where we continue the conversation and support one another in our inner work. Did you know that we're both life coaches? It would be an honor to work with you. When you're ready to dig into your own beautiful work, you'll find our contact information in the show notes. Thanks for being with us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. As you do your beautiful work, know that we're here for you. Are there topics that you'd like to explore? Send us an email. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. We're glad you're with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.